Ben has a mood ring. Just saying it out loud. Just put it out there. I remember them from the 90s. They still exist. It's amazing. With all the technology and everything we have now, just the basic mood rings, they still exist. You say that, but you're wearing a global hypercolor t-shirt. Shh! So my mood ring is telling me to talk about escape plan. Your t-shirt is telling me that you're hot under the armpits. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. only thing they ever tell anyone. Yeah, and a little patch here by <laughs> just just by my heart. We're talking about escape plan today. It's the Ornithology. Live from Newcastle and Bristol, it's the Ornithology with Alex Bellerney and Ben Moodring Heighton. I legally change your name to that, please. <laughs> I might just change my first name to Moodring. It's quite cool, like, you know, like River Phoenix, Moodring Heighton. <laughs> Jesus. I think that it would have other meanings for many people. You sounded like you wanted to say something about escape plan. Yeah, lots. Like, okay. maybe an hour's worth. It's just that kind of maverick thinking that got you where you are today, Alex. It's the Arnithology! It's like the third intro we've done. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty excited just, just to be doing this again. It feels like a long time since we've done a recording. It's like a whole week. It was exactly this time last week. Oh yeah, Last Stand. It was a long time between the the one before and Last Stand. It was nine days. What? Ben. Escape Plan. We watched Escape Plan recently. Yeah. 2013 film directed by Mikhail Hefström. Yeah, I'll do the plot dead quickly if you like. Yeah, go ahead. Arnie is Ray Breslin, professional breaker out of prisons. He's kind of like the Robert Redford character in Sneakers, but for maximum security prisons. You just said Arnie is Ray Breslin. Sylvester Stallone is Ray Breslin. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Emil Rottmeier. Indeed. And they meet when the government hire Ray Breslin to go into their new yeah, the, Supermax. The government. The yeah. government. Let's just put spoiler klaxon right up top because, you know. Sound the spoiler klaxon! Yeah, the new Supermax, yeah. So the government hire Ray Breslin to go into their Supermax prison and... It, and the condition that his crew of like Vincent D'Onofrio, Amy Ryan, and Fifty Cent and Sly, Fiddy, Ella Fiddy, the condition that is new to them that they're not comfortable with is that they are not allowed to know where geographically he's going. Amazing. Um, and we know that these guys are serious because they put a, a James Bond style implant in Sly's neck, and uh, as soon Shoulder. as the government bundle them Shoulder. into a van. Well, whatever. Uh, they rip this bug out of him, and and that's it. Yeah. So it's scary. It's very once scary. he gets to this supermax prison called the Tomb, we realise actually that he's been set up in some way because the information that he was given about the warden and his evacuation code, which is like his safe word, has no bearing in reality whatsoever. Yeah, I mean and- it's so cool because we've got the first fifteen minutes of. Is, is setting up saying this is what Ray Breslin or Stallone's character this is what his his job is and he's really good at it and 
he's hardcore in the prison anyway he can survive the prison environment that's not the thing and his main mission is to get out and he does it really slickly pretty much without much hassles or much you know and so we're like god this guy's really good you know he's been in a supermax prison he he knows what he's doing within you know minutes of the new job we're finding out that all the things that sly has told us after he's broken out houdini style like these are the main things you need for a breakout uh can't, can't remember what they are it doesn't matter some you find some vulnerability in the system and you need help from the outside yeah and something else it doesn't matter it's not not important but whatever that list of things are we find out very quickly that when these dudes have got him that like none of those things are available to him in this thing so it increases the stakes it's quite nice how 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 quickly did it and sly's so scared he as soon as he meets the warden he's like this is my evacuation code fucking get me out of here yeah right now just because we're at that point yeah I'm going to use up one of my favorite lines right now. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Because Jim Caviezel is, I don't want to say acting his socks off. His socks have gone out the window (laughs) and he is just, I don't know what he's he's doing. He's awful. I think he thinks he's doing like a Christopher Walken performance. (laughs) He's awful, man. Look, I, I, I like Jim Caviezel actually in quite a few things. But there's also quite a few things where... You just don't know what he's doing. It's like I mean, it's like his I first honestly, day at drama college. Almost, I don't know what to say. Like he just yeah. Well, okay. So there's a larger point there that we'll come back. to. Yeah, fine. But, but go um, on. What's your line? So you said Sly says his evacuation code's like one nine four three two or whatever. Yeah, it's good. Um, good Sly. And Jim Caviezel goes evacuation code, meaning you give me a number and walk out of here free as a bird. And yeah. he does like this flutter thing. And that's like, that's a Biff Tannen level <laughs> Biff uh, Tannen. fuck up wow. of, a, of a, like a, an idiom or something, isn't it? Yeah. You walk out of here free as a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it's certainly, it's great. Free as a duck <laughs> waddling next to a pond. <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, and, and funny enough, it didn't take away from the movie at all for me. Well, Jim Caviezel's performance. I'm sat there I going, think... I know it's ridiculous. I'd completely forgotten he was in it. And I, yeah. I have a love for him re- in recent years, mainly because of his role in Person of Interest. He does absolutely fine in that. He's, See, you know, It's funny, because I was sat there looking at Jim Caviezel and I'm like, hey, he's, you know, he's kind of a big name, Jim Caviezel. Yeah, and, he's and Jesus. And I'm thinking, why do we give a shit about Jim Caviezel? I was trying to remember the point at which his career took off. And obviously... The Passion of the Christ was the big one for him. And I actually yeah. think that's his best performance. No. But I couldn't pinpoint what it was before that. And the only thing I could frequency? think of was, yeah, yeah. Frequency. Because yeah. it was a really nice film. And yeah. it sort of overperformed. No. Is it, that the one that put him on the map? Put him on the map for me. I liked yeah. I thought it was a good movie. Who's the other guy in it? It's um, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Mm. Another Inner Space link. <laughs> well, that was pretty tenuous. Yeah, I know. Um, but he was, I think he was what's in it, going so. on... I think what's going on with Jim Caviezel's performance is similar to what's going on with Vincent D'Onofrio's, which is there is there is so little character for any of the characters. Yeah, but that's going to disappoint you more because of because of what you've seen him in, right? For Vincent D'Onofrio. But I think across the board, I, I, the, the note so yeah, that he's made Fisk is, in in Daredevil. That's what. Yes, yeah, the kingpin. Yeah, yeah. But the note that I made about it is 
from a script point of view, there are no characters. There are just yeah. skill types. Yeah, and, absolutely and that's, right. That's absolutely right. It's the right. only thing that people say about one another is that's the tech guy. Yeah. That's the guy that esca- escapes from prison. That's the tough guy. Like, yeah. um, Vinnie Jones. He's just there to be Vinnie Jones. So I think what Vincent D'Onofrio and Jim Caviezel are doing is saying, look, I'm getting paid. I'm just going to have some fun. Yeah. You know? That's, and that's the thing. It's a fun movie. And there's, there's a, if you did it with a different tone, it would be brutal. It would be horrible. If you didn't have the quips and the lines and the, if you changed, the tone of it. There's one point where I remarked when they get um, shoved into the box, which is this horrible, like, it's not just solitary. I mean, we see Sly and solitary in the first prison break and mm-hmm. it's, it's like, all right, it's solitary. It's pretty bad. But that's all it is. But this that's is what like it is. It's yeah, a it's a torture like chamber. A torture yeah, chamber. it's horrible. Yeah. And these lamps come on and the people are wailing. These hard dudes are just wailing in pain because it's just so hot and the sort of jokes that Arnie and Sly make around it, sort of the ease with which they sort of go in and out of this hot box. And it's like, you're going, oh, it's okay. They're, they're still able to make jokes about it. So it's all okay. But there's so much that happens in this, in the setup that makes it really, really brutal and really like, you know, you would despair if it wasn't made with that fun tone. And I think actually, it helps to make it a movie that you you can enjoy watching if you get yourself into that mindset of just like, yeah, this is just a, a ridiculous action film. I, I think it's the only way that you can enjoy it. Is yeah. to say this is yeah. so stupid, but yeah. it's quite well made. And don't don't get me started yet on the how stupid some of the bits are. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm not going to spend too much time going into it, but it's there's so much that's unplausible. But I didn't take away from the fun. That's the that's a weird thing. Because it doesn't exist in reality, this film. And no, there's, actually, there's actually very little um, drama in the film at all. The good guys and the bad guys are so clear cut. You know that these guys are going to team up, Arnie and Sly. You know they're going to break out. It's all a foregone conclusion. But the fun of it is to say, all right, how? Just show me how then. Because you, what the thing that they've done very well, and it, it's what makes the film credible... <laughs> yeah, credible. Is um, they really sell you on the fact that you can't break out of this prison? Yeah, ex- exactly. Nowhere to hide. Exactly, and that's what I was saying about the stakes and the little things that they use, little mechanisms they use uh, to do that. And in in that sense, it's actually good writing, despite the unbelievability. There's some good structure to it and good writing in terms of the dialogue that way. But it that's just a storytelling credit I'm giving it. Right, I'm giving it credit for its. storytelling i'm not saying it was well written or the dialogue was excellent or i'm not saying those things but so yeah so you're right there's some credibility of some some believability in the sense that for whatever flaws we're going to go into it and say and again i'm taking it lightheartedly i'm not angry in any way about any of the flaws that we're going to point out there is no point getting angry over a film no no because it's an expendables movie it it might as well be you know that tone it's that tone it's also as inoffensive and, and all of that is, it, it is unfortunately completely forgettable. I agree. You know, I, I agree. I think I, in a couple of years, yeah. this will come up on telly and I'll go, I remember this film kind <laughs> of, I can't remember yeah. how they break out. So I'll yeah. watch it. That's the one hook that it has. It's like, what, what are the machinations of this? Yeah. And because of what you said about the actors, I mean, it's a good cast. I'd be, it's a so, ridiculous yeah. cast. Right. So you've got Arnie and Sly, yeah. obviously. 
top billing. Superstars. Amy Ryan is a fantastic actress. Uh, best known. Amy best, Ryan. Best known for The Wire and uh, Gone Baby Gone and things like that. Amy Ryan. What's going on, man? I just I I like Amy Ryan, and you say she's best known for those things. Fine. Oh, I know. For what me, you know she's best known as as Holly from The Office. Yeah, adorable. Steve Carell's uh, love interest for for across a couple seasons, and and that's it. That's put her or Amy Ryan on the map for me. You know, she's she's excellent in that, really good. And then you've got like these very credible actors at, at times. Uh, Jim Caviezel and Vincent D'Onofrio. And I, I literally, I was writing, this film does not deserve the cast that it's got. Agreed. And at that moment, Sam Neill turned up. Yeah, that's it. Sam Neill, who for me is a living legend. I just think he, he is. He, I can't see his face without just having good thoughts. He's yeah. just such... What high praise, what high but praise. But he, he is just a brilliant presence in any film. Oh, good. I think that's my, say that... that's my goal in life, to have somebody say about me, I can't see your face without having good thoughts. That's amazing. <laughs> it's almost like you're trying to have bad thoughts, and Sam, <laughs> yeah. Sam Neill won't let you have it. <laughs> I can't hate that face. No, yeah. Um, so, yeah, really weird. Like, Sam Neill all of a sudden is, is in this film. And I think what that does is it makes you think... There must be something in this film that has drawn all of these actors to it. It's, it just keeps you keeps you watching. I think it's uh, it's like gravity, you know. It's like mass just piles on mass, piles on mass. The way that objects in space just kind of collide with each other and make a more massive object, and it attracts more objects to it. It's that, you know. And there's so many films that get made that way. Right, what's Sly's new project? Yeah, it's Sly and Arnie. You want to be in that? Of course I want to be in that. Yeah, and it's a prison movie. And we've got 50 Cent in it. What? Yeah, he's not going to be in the prison. He's going to be a tech dude. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's that's credible. There's one one line that he's he's an ex-con or whatever. You know, and then you say Amy Ryan's in it and Jim Caviezel's in it. It's like, all right, okay. Can we get Sam Neill to play the Doctor? Of course we can. How many days work is it? Three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fine. Yeah. I mean, um, but there is one, you know, I said earlier that there aren't really any characters in this. And I think there's one exception and I'm really glad that it was this actor because I like him. It's the actor called um, Farhan Tahir, who yeah, you may not know great. the name, yeah. but he was um, Robert Downey Jr.'s captor in the first Iron Man movie, the guy that keeps him in the cave. Yeah. He's got a fantastic head, Yeah, this guy. <laughs> Um, but he's good. He, again, he's got great presence, and he's actually the one character that has an interesting arc and yeah. some depth to them. It, it, all right, it's a spiritual depth, but there's spoilers. Um, there's a sacrifice that's very noble that mm. he makes, and mm. uh, he was actually the one thing in the film that I genuinely thought oh, that's that's nice. It's, that's it's interesting. You've picked it out. You've picked out the diamond in the rough, so so to speak. He's he's the one who you can't say. Although arguably he's paying, you know, he's a caricature of a terrorist, but much less so than he was in Iron Man. And he's actually playing his role with some authenticity and believability. He's the one actor that has that tone that that I was referring to of like, actually, this could go, this could be brutal if it wasn't for the humor that was, that was trying to be played throughout the kind of the banter between Arnie and Sly. A film it made me think of, and perhaps wrongly, so call me up on it if you don't think it, is Fortress. <laughs> with uh, Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert, yeah. And that was brutal. I, that was not funny at all in any way, but ridiculous in the same yeah, in the same sense. Of. But it was one of those kind of 
it was done seriously. It was taking itself seriously, oh, yeah. but yeah, also yeah. knew that it was a ridiculous, over the top you know, action film in, in that sense. Yeah, I quite enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah. So did I. It was it, again it sort of feels like high jeopardy, high stakes, and that's the thing that I was. I kept wondering: is that what would this film be like if it took itself seriously? If it you know didn't have the jokes? If it just left you there with the brutality of the, of those the moments that were you know how sly was being treated you know the guards are like beating prisoners and not only just in isolation but this then they take them out after they've been beaten and go look what we just did guys and we're going to beat them up a little bit more for for your pleasure yeah. there was one moment in the film that i actually found quite upsetting which was when he was being shipped when sly was being shipped to the the prison in the yeah. first place he sort of comes to from these drugs that they've given him just to see these two guards right really beating this guy before throwing him out of a plane yeah and there was something so cruel in that. Like, it, yeah. that was the point I thought, yeah, they're, they're doing a good thing here, actually. Yeah, it is cruel. And I think that there was a decision to be made, like, to say, we're not going to make this the serious film that it could be. Because it wouldn't be fun. And it, no. this should be a fun movie. Agreed. You can't have a... It's not the first Sly Arnie team-up, but it's the first top billing Sly Arnie team-up, right? Yeah. We've, we've had them teaming up a little bit in Expendables, but not so much. And it's it's nice to see. So fans of action films for the length of time that we've been looking at Arnie's career, it's about that same length of time. There's a team up happening that has been in the making for a long time, for 20, 30 yeah. years. In the same sense that the, the characters are just their types, the dialogue is almost 100% exposition. Um, yeah. Regardless <laughs> of any characters that yeah, you've yeah. seen, every they're just word, explaining every things to one another. That, yeah. But once you get into that prison setting, the fact that the entire film is strictly functional, you know, down to the characters and the dialogue, it kind of works in the favour of the film because what you're going through once you get into the prison is just a set of problems to overcome. Yeah. And I think that's where the structural strength of the film you're talking about. That is what I meant, structural. Really, yeah. really sort of pays and off. And I wouldn't fault anybody for getting bored, though, because of that at the same time. In, you know, I can say that in the same breath. So we can credit the structural thing, but we can also say for some people it's just boring. Foregone conclusions don't really work for people. And I think that's why it's important to change it up a couple of times. So yeah. if if the whole film was about one breakout, yeah, it would be overwhelming and boring. Sly actually breaks out about halfway through the film. And it's at that point you realise exactly what the prison is. Yeah. And then you think, well, now they're really fucked. What are they going to do about this? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty you know, cool. I mean, It becomes a different problem to overcome. Because I'd seen it before. This is the film I'd seen on a plane. It wasn't uh, Last Stand. All right, okay. Uh, again, it's forgettable. So there's so many elements that I've forgotten about it. And I, I thought, yeah, he breaks out. Where are they again? I remember them being somewhere remote or somewhere. And you can kind of guess. You would, you know, you'd be, it would be a good guess. But Sly kind of leads you down the wrong path by saying looking at the structure and the upward nature yeah. of the architecture, we must be in caverns and yeah. and stuff like that. So he leads you down the wrong path thinking-wise, and you're thinking, yeah, okay, fine, we're underground. He climbs out to, you know, I thought, in, in just trying to remember it, I thought, oh, they're on an oil rig or something. And that's, that, that, that's, but it's even worse. They're not. They're on a moving ship. So not only. No, it's anchored. It's an anchor. Oh, it is anchored. Yeah. That kind of makes it shit. It might as well be an oil rig then. Well, yeah, yeah, it essentially is. But it's oh, right. I, for me, that I didn't realize it was anchored. That increased the stakes for me. I'm like, if they're moving around, that makes it even worse. But that kind of ruins the whole plot if they're moving around. Yeah, they'd get spotted. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, we did End of Days, 
and we redid End of Days. We kind of rewrote yeah, it as yeah. we went along and talked about a the lot. film that we wanted it to be. <laughs> I would, I mean, in terms of a change-up, I would have loved it if the point that Sly actually breaks out for the first time still have that same reveal that he's on a ship, but he's on a ship in space. Jesus Christ. Oh, well, there's some films that I'm going to recommend you watch if you like that kind of thing. But actually, I shouldn't, because then I'd be ruining the plot. Spoiler, yeah. Okay, we're talking a lot around him. Let's talk about the big man, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because it is Sly's film, and Arnie's playing Yeah, and that was actually, that was in the first 10 seconds, I was like, oh, yeah, this is is a Sly film, really. It is. And in a way, I know Arnie's got the other major role in the movie, and he does. He's got enough screen time to say that. But it feels like every scene he does is a cameo. It's weird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and he's, aside from the design aspects, and I think it's another film where the designers have acquitted themselves really well. Yeah. You know, from the masks that the guards wear and, yeah. and the design of the tomb itself. Um, with the exception of that, Arnold is the bright spot, 100% for me in this. <laughs> We've made reference to the fact that we're developing a bit of a crush on Arnie as time goes on. Not developing, not developing. It's done. This is yeah, a yeah. full-on love affair. He is lush in this, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I agree. He he's looks so, great. He looks yeah. He looks he's great. He's let his grey in. He's wearing a beard. He's relaxed. He's wearing a beard. He's wearing a beard. <laughs> it's a fake beard. He's <laughs> relaxed. It yeah. has the best, most epic scowl ever in all his really? films. Yeah, right at the right near the end. It's a super close up of his eyes. It's like it's it's a oh, the slow motion. It's turnaround. a love letter to Arnie's scowl and yeah, I mean, then shooting lots of people. That, totally, it's amazing. All I was thinking was, you know, this this director, Mikhail Hufstrom, he's made a few successful films, but he's never worked with a cast like this before. And oh, <laughs> I was just thinking, like, his fucking Christmas and birthday and Hanukkah and New Year, they all came at once when he's like, finally gets to the page in the script where a dude takes a massive gun off the side of a helicopter and starts plowing people down. Yeah. And I've got Arnold Schwarzenegger to play this. Because the filmmaking in that scene is probably the single best bit of filmmaking in the whole film. It is. And he is. really labours like yeah. that slow-mo, like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to make this an epic Arnie <laughs> Yeah, moment. yeah. It and is he, an epic Arnie he moment. almost pulls it off. Yeah, he almost pulls yeah, it off. Yeah, it, it doesn't... I don't know. I can't put my finger on why it doesn't quite work. There's an edge to it that doesn't doesn't quite work. It's fine. You know, I'm not going to say it's it's all... It, no, it's it's excellent, actually, but... When you say he almost pulls it off, I get what you mean. There's a feeling to it. It's like, eh, something's missing. I don't know what it is. Well, because the dramatic thing that we're supposed to be focusing on that in that sequence isn't Arnie with the gun. Yeah, it's Sly's escape. It's Sly's Exactly, escape, yeah. yeah. How's he going to outwit? And it's good, and in a sense, that's good writing. Did Sly write this? No. No, okay. I don't know why it has it has this feel to it, for sure. The thing that really struck... Yeah, so we're saying Arnie looks lush. I agree. I think it's really nice uh, when an actor decides to play their age. I, I hate when Arnie dyes his hair. Yeah. So he's gone grey. He's got the beard. You're right. He looks relaxed. He looks like he's just having fun. There's a kind of cheeky charm to all of his scenes. Which is what we need from Arnie. You can't take that out of his performance. It's what, no. it's what we love. Yeah, it's a, you know probably one of our favourite Right, you can take it out of his performance. We'll talk about that next time. But the thing that really struck me was um, when he's in one of the hot box holding cells and he's doing a little routine to distract Jim Caviezel and the guards so that Sly can escape essentially he starts ranting in German 
And I don't think I've heard him speak German since Cactus Jack. Am I yeah, right? since Cactus Jack. That was right. No, no, not really. And I, he sounds... Oh, sorry. In junior, he says, gave him a something, gave him a Steifen. Steifen, yeah. But that's not speaking German. That's just using it a German word. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he sounds so different speaking. It sounds like a stupid thing, but it sounds like he has a different voice when he speaks German. I was wondering that. And I actually, geekily, I replayed it a couple of times because I had that same feeling. Yes, for sure, he has a different voice, of course. I think because he's speaking German. But obviously, he it's his native tongue, so there's no accent. So, exactly. so, so there's no, I'm assuming there's no accent. I mean, it's possible. I know several people who spend significant amount of time speaking their second language, even when they go back to their first language, the yeah. people that they go visit their family and whatever they say, you've got some intonations yeah. some tones that you don't speak it as like a native anymore. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know, but his voice is still his voice. He's still got the same tone and pitch and stuff like that. This is a super geeky note. It's so nerdy, right? To to be talking about this. Well, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it to the next level. Do it. Do it. Because there's there's a nice little bit of trivia about this. Um, it's when the film was released in Germany, uh, the guy who normally dubs Arnold is a guy called Thomas Danberg, and um, he didn't dub him for this film. They had to get another voice actor in, and the reason is is because Thomas Danberg also dubs Sylvester Stallone. Oh, weird. They had to get another guy in to dub Arnold. And he actually um, did his Germ- He did the German dub with an Austrian tinge to give it some credibility. Oh, that's interesting. But there was an outcry among the fans because they wanted Thomas Stanberg to do the dub. So they actually put a petition together for him to redub the film again. And they did? No, they didn't. Ah, oh, well. Well, that's but interesting. That's- I guess, you know, you expect to hear Arnie's voice and your the voice that you're used to is... This particular guy who, who dubs you. They should have got the guy from the end of Hercules who's talking on the radio. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Doing his best American-accented German. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So I'm assuming that the bits that Arnie speaking German are not dubbed as well. Well, I want to know. That would be that. interesting if he and, suddenly and switched there into are English no for those parts. Yeah, I don't know what. Because, I don't know what they do with those. No, because I. My assumption is that. Even though the film is dubbed in a different language, that they don't pretend that they're not Americans, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it still fits in storytelling-wise to have this guy who's not an American speaking his native tongue. So I guess you just drop the dub at that moment, you remove the subtitles, there's no point in having those, and you just have him talking in German. I I don't don't know. Anyway... I don't think I'm going to get a German version of this film and find out. <laughs> okay. Well, you could just change the audio on the, the DVD. I don't really have very much more to say about the film, unfortunately. Arnie's intro is flawless, like the first time we see him. Um, okay. But I don't remember it now. And I remember thinking, I better write down what it is, otherwise I won't remember it. Well, it's a, it's a sort of slow reveal in that there's a fight going on and some cell... Some. Um... It's not a fight, it's like a posturing but some some prisoners sort of step out of the way and he's just there in all his glory yeah but he's saying um so there's posturing going on between sly and some other prisoners and they're about to make him their bitch and and arnie's like no he's mine (laughs) it's a bit bizarre that's like so arnie then 
there's a reason why it says interest flawless is because he established himself as the mega badass in this like when arnie says he's mine to all these hard badass prisoners that arnie's actually the one who can actually call call quits on all fights and say this guy's mine nobody's touching him um so it kind of establishes him as you know he's he's the guy despite it, me enjoying it i don't buy it because there are really hard dudes in there you know there's some, yeah and yeah. what's odd is that he then spends the whole rest of the film sort of shadowing Sly Stallone and none of the other prisoners interact with them at any time unless they choose yeah. to interact with the other prisoners. And so, like, where's Arnie's crew? He must have a cadre of bodyguards. This is where and... it gets ridiculous. This is where it gets unbelievable. I wrote it as the worst line in the whole movie, but also the worst reverse oh. psychology ever. Okay, it's the I worst. Thought you were gonna, I thought you were going to take my life. No, I, I wouldn't do that if I deliberately. But it's the worst reverse psychology ever. Unfortunately, I get undone by what we find out at the end of the movie, and I'll explain that in a minute. So Arnie's basically trying to find out about Sly, and Sly's like, you asking what I used to do? That was, you're asking what I used to do. And then Arnie says, yeah. That was, yeah. Great line. That's that was, a great yeah. line. Uh, yeah. And Sly says, I'll tell you, but I need a little favour. I'll tell you, but I need a little favour. Understood, yeah. And Arnie says, fuck that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he says, fuck that. And they have just been in the box, right? So he's asking him another favour after I get me into the box. Sure. And he's, and he's like, fuck that. I'm not taking another favour from you. And then Sly goes, fine. Don't do it. <laughs> that was fine. Don't do it. <laughs> and then Arnie's like a second, like not even. He goes, hmm. He does a kind of like a hmm, like face. And then he's like, all right, I'm listening. What's the favor this time? It's like, <laughs> it's like, fine, Watch don't do Ray it. Breslin, master of psychology. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's really awful. I'm like, how does that work? Even in this ridiculous movie, how does that even, how can we buy that, that he's managed to convince Arnie to do this thing? And why is Arnie so into him? It doesn't make any sense. It does make sense at the end. Spoilers, when, when you, we yeah, find out yeah. that actually Arnie knew who he was all along and he knew he needed him to escape. And so he's actually going to just do anything he says, really. But That's ridiculous as well at the end on the beach. The agent that uh, hired Stallone in the first place gets out and Arnie goes, you've met her before. And she comes out and goes, hi, daddy. And he just goes... And she's my daughter. Like, yes, uh, understood. Yeah. Uh, Every line is exposition, as you said. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, if you didn't have that reveal, the bit that you're talking about with reverse psychology, I think the writer is just not interested no, in those no. in, in, in putting an extra page of dialogue in no. there to, to give these characters depth. It's like, I want to get to the next scene. Yeah. I want to just do the next bit. And that's kind of what makes it fun. Actually. That's the, that's the yeah. shitty charm of the movie. It's also happens to be the shitty charm of most of Arnie's films that we've, we've reviewed, you know, just for um, some of our listeners that don't know what exposition is. Could you explain it? It's possible. Dialogue that explains the action that you should be watching, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, just, yeah. it's explaining. It's just a dialogue that just yeah. explains you, Using everything. your actors as mouthpieces for, for... I mean, I would actually, if I was um, back at uni, I would use the scene where 50 Cent, 
Vincent D'Onofrio, the agent woman, Amy Ryan and Sylvester Stallone are talking about the proposition. Yeah. I would use that as an example of awful expository dialogue. Yeah. Because every character in that scene is just explaining an extra element of what's going on. It's it's yeah. really terrible, actually. Yeah. And they're not being their characters. They're essentially reading alternate sentences of, of the plot. Exactly. Yeah. There are some major f- flaws in the thing that I just need to pick out, right? Just things like... I'll in, not uh, believe it. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. They, 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 again, it's it's a good thing that this movie can't be taken seriously because if it was trying to be seriously, it would be absolutely awful. Yeah. Because then I'm like, well, now I'm going to pick at it, but I'm going to pick at it anyway. And uh, so you've got this amazing, super hyper max security place that's on a ship in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the ocean. You're thinking, right, this guy, the warden Jim Caviezel, has created a ship that is based on Ray Breslin, Stallone's character's book, which Pretty is much, yeah. which is called Compromising Correctional Institution Security. And he's also the best also in the world at it. How to break out of prison. Yeah, how to break out of prisons. How to break out of supermax prisons. And he is like in some sick twisted way Ray Breslin's protege without Ray ever knowing it, I guess. So he's created a prison based on the best prison breakers guidebook of like yeah. what you might, this is what you'll need to make a, a, a amazing security thing. So you've got like what is essentially set up as the best prison ever made, totally inescapable, totally impenetrable. The staff, the warden and the security and the people who are uh, analyzing uh, surveillance footage in the prison, they cannot hear conversations that the inmates are having yeah ha- how because that would fuck up the writing that would make it <laughs> too hard to write <laughs> it would make it infinitely more interesting it's it's yeah. the it's the yeah. key flaw in the film actually yeah. is that it's for an unbreakoutable prison it's yeah. a little bit too easy to break so, out of in so my opinion. at first i'm thinking there's all there's all, okay maybe there's something like oh there's too much noise in the in the group in the in the gen pop you know rooms yeah. that they're in at lunch whatever so maybe it's fine but then they just mess it up by then showing in one scene that they've got these directional microphones that you can increase the volume on and he's yeah. like he's zooming in with the microphone sound basically with the beam to hear the taps that Stallone's making in his cell so it's like well yeah, I mean, obviously, rubbish. Rubbish. This is a, a private enterprise, so it's you get the feeling there's unlimited funding essentially behind this. They've said millions. Yeah, they've said yeah. It, millions, millions. So what you would have in that sort of situation is three or four guys assigned to each prisoner, analysing every move that they make. Why wouldn't you? You know, from from a huge control network. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. And I think although it's okay, you know that the way that Sly's character uses the fact that he's being listened to to create a diversion. He gives misinformation yeah, when yeah. he's tapping on the thing. But I would have liked it to have been more the case that Jim Caviezel was letting Ray Breslin and Rottmeier get so far in their plan just to learn what he says at the end, where the weaknesses in the, in the prison are, yeah. but then shut them down. Like he was onto them the whole time, 
but he shuts that them down because that would create an extra hurdle for them to overcome. And then that Ray Breslin knew that he would do that. And knew you'd see that. Yeah, and you didn't need to. Because it's in his manual. So, And that's the thing, they don't use that. Like, the one weakness is that he's using Ray Breslin's manual. So because he wrote the book, he can... He knows what Jim Caviezel's every move is, even if to shut it down. That would have been interesting. It doesn't take much to rewrite that. You know, you don't even have to have like complex layers of psychology and deception. You don't need that duplicitous kind of ins and outs. And some of the stuff that they pull is so unsubtle yeah. as well. That's the thing. Like, there's a bit where Arnie's going to pass something <laughs> under the table to Stallone. Yeah. And he literally goes, on the bottom of the table. Yeah. Like... Oh, that's that's sly. Yeah. And when Sylvester Stallone uh, nicks the uh, clogging powder or whatever it is from uh, Sam Neill's... Clotting, clotting, yeah. Uh, yeah, clotting powder, sorry. From Sam Neill's um, infirmary. I'm so glad you said this. <laughs> He's walking back into the gen pop area of the prison, the main yard, if you will, right? Yeah. <laughs> he just lifts up his shirt and in plain sight tucks it into his, his crack. Well, you'd be all over that. You'd jump him straight away. Yeah. It's amazing, you know, In again, in this amazing super security place, they cannot get around, they haven't worked out a way to get around the oldest trick when you're being captured, confined or watched, which is some distraction, pain, you fall over yeah. and you grab the thing that you want, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it works in, for example, T2, you know? With the paperclip. With the paperclip, yeah? yeah. It's such a tiny object, it's it's... It's believable. We've already said they don't, they wouldn't see that she had grabbed it. I can believe that. But in this place, you think that the inmates aren't going to try that and not going to. It's amazing. It's just. And that's what that's. And they use it like three or four times as well. Absolutely. And so by by the time you've got that with him showing the thing down his pants, you just think, this is dumb. This is just dumb. But am I enjoying it? Yes, I am. Yeah, that's the thing. And we've been really scathing about some films. Uh, in this podcast and there's, there's something really interesting about that how a film could be so dumb and we could love it well love it well, like I th- it I think enjoy in it. a way <laughs> for me that comes down to just a lack of ambition uh, on the part of this <laughs> film because it's not aiming there's no depth to it it's not trying to teach a moral it's not an allegory for anything you know and I think the films that we've been quite upset by like not upset but disappointed by like Last Action Hero and Eraser are films that hinted at something greater. Yeah, and, and never failed. delivered. Never even tried this to. This is aiming much lower, yeah. but succeeding. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's funny. It's yours. I have to say as well, for what the film cost, not that much, $50 million, it looks a lot more expensive than that. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a well-made I mean, that's, film. That's a huge set, right? If it is a set, I think it is. Yeah. But a lot of extras. Yeah. For what I would argue is quite a long shoot. Actually, it didn't seem like it was a short to, well, to have that many people on on set. You know, yeah, it, it's quite complex. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, you know, in the way that it's structured. Yeah, the film was a, a sizable hit actually in America. It was considered a bomb, but it did well internationally. So it cost fifty million. It made back one hundred and thirty-seven. Yeah, uh, worldwide. So that's fine. That's sort of three times over. Yeah, I actually couldn't find Arnold's salary, and when I was digging around Weird. for it, I think the reason the reason for that is. Arnie and Sly had wanted to work together on a on a project like this for so long that they both said if they found the right film, they would quite happily sacrifice their salaries so maybe to help he get did. it made. 
So I think, yeah, they probably had to bring this film in on a certain budget, and they just said, well, let's take back-end deals then. Yeah. It's your numbers. Oh, interesting. And th- and that's the thing. I think that they carry the movie. I know this is the Arnie theology, and I know we're biased, but if Arnie wasn't in this film, I don't know who else you could say would I was be thinking, in that part. I was thinking Jason Statham, <laughs> actually. See... I I actually think Sly is one of the weaker things about the film. I don't think he's particularly engaged. He's doing that mumbly thing really badly here. If you swapped him out for Jason Statham, all of a sudden you've got one of my favourite films of all time. Well, it's like you a know? mechanic, you know. <laughs> it's like a mechanic episode. Oh, Ray Breslin, I wrote the fucking book on prison episode. escapes. Yeah, I, I, it would be it would be really interesting having Jason Statham playing his mechanic character in this. Oh, you mean the character that he plays in everything? Uh, yeah, but not with an American accent. Sure. Ever. Sure. I had a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you. Go ahead. Jim Caviezel's hand acting. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he does a lot in this film. Yeah. Versus George Clooney's head bobbling in Batman and Robin. Mm. Which is more out of control? <laughs> I, for, it's Clooney's head bobbling. It's got to be. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, the other question I was going to ask you, what's your favourite prison movie? And obviously we're including that prison break movies, but movies set in prisons. Uh, it's got to be Shawshank, man. I can't... It does. I can't not so say Shawshank. So. so let's take Shawshank off the table. Yeah, then. I mean, <laughs> what about prison TV series? Do they count? What, prison break? <laughs> yeah, I like prison break. I mean, I think the thing is, is I don't really like prison movies. I Everyone loves prison movies. Yeah, well, obviously... I am no longer included in the group that you might call I don't believe you. everyone. I, I don't believe you. Uh, I don't like prison movies because I saw a film called An Innocent Man when I was about eight, <laughs> and I found that found that concept so horrible, so horrible. I like The Fugitive, which isn't a prison movie. It's trying to not, no, it's not. be in prison. So I like Prison Break movies where it's like, yeah, the good guy gets out. So I, I don't know. Is The Great Escape a prison movie? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Why not? Yeah, Prisoner of War. Yeah, that's a good one. I've not seen it, so that's what I'm trying to say. I've not seen. What? Yeah, I've not seen a bunch of prison movies because I I have an aversion to them because I remember being so sad for Tom Selleck. <laughs> how is it possible? It's so funny. Like you know, when he you killed find his out wife. That... He didn't get to be the fugitive. He didn't kill his wife, and I think it's his wife in an innocent man. Correct yeah, me if I'm it. wrong. Yeah. Right in. Um, but I, I just, I, all I remember is that that is the most horrible thing in the whole world to be accused of something you didn't do and to go down for it. And that happens a lot in prison movies. Uh, the guy who's in, who gets put in there is innocent yeah. a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a classic dramatic setup. Yeah. And wrong, I, I just, I can't bring myself to, to watch them. I just find them so horrible if they're done seriously as well. I can't. So I have to watch movies like this or a fun escape movies, then it's fine. Well, this is a recommendation that I'm making to you and to our listeners, because I think it's a slightly underseen and undervalued film, but a film that does a really good job of setting up all of the things that you have to overcome mm. in, a, in a believable way. These are things that one man alone can't do. How the hell do you do it? And it is a prison break movie. It's the next three days with Russell Crowe. Oh, right. I really, really rate that film. I'm not going to say it's my favourite prison no, no, break. No, I had no idea it was a, a prison break movie. It's been on my list for a while. To, to, yeah. To, yeah. I, I, cool, excellent. cool. I really like it. Yeah, good. Good recommendation. Um, my best line in the yeah. film is is <laughs> Mr. Sam Neill. It comes from Mr. Sam Neill. 
okay. whose face cannot make us think anything other than good thoughts. You know what? Fuck that guy. Nah, I'm joking. I love him. You love him. Of course you do. You can't do it, man. You tried. I saw you try, and you couldn't. It just wasn't believable. No. Um, so Sam Neill, he has the best line for, for my money in the movie, which is he's grappling with um, trying to help Sly. His scenes are, are great, even though he's, I guess he, in total, he's got about 10 minutes of screen time, actually. Yeah. You know, it's not very much. And his scenes are great because you see him, he plays this thing of like grappling with his conscience really well. Um, but until Sly kind of does his amazing psychology on him that we can see, we know that Sly, Sly can do. He's really, really good at it. Um, uh, until then, you see he's kind of like beaten down and he's just doing a job. And maybe he's getting paid millions for it, but he doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, so Sly's trying to get from him, basically just get the location from him or even get help from him. Sly's been doing his work on him and he says something like, you know, get page 88 in the warden's desk. Right. There's the thing. And he's like, check the book, check the book. He didn't say I wrote the book. He's waiting for that. Yeah. Right. And, How did you know? And he, How did you know? It was good. It's a good, good Sam Neill. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, how did you know it was the, it was, he's like, I am Ray Breslin. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking <laughs> hell. Wow. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> really? Wow. All right. Going to read that book. And he just puts his stethoscope away and that's it. That's not the, li- that's not the line. He, he becomes pensive and just and gives this little speech which i really like he says it's nice uh, doctors are men who prescribe medicines of which they know little to cure diseases of which they know less for men of whom they know nothing at all what do you want me to do yeah, it's a really nice right. way of like saying yeah you got me i'm i'm going to help you because and it's also a really nice way of they set up they establish that it's very difficult for inmates to really have any meaningful conversations with a doctor but somehow he manages to get him alone enough to have this conversation and they're not being watched in this amazing security prison. It's it's great. It is, it's that thing again, where, you know, we're talking about innocent men. That is it. You know, Sly is in, an innocent man in this movie. You know, he's, he doesn't belong there. He's not supposed to be there. And it's a take, it's a take on that. It's like, how, how would we do that? How do why is he there, Ben? Reveal the whole do we, plot. Do we really, do we, do we care? Right. Uh, okay, fine, fair enough. If we're going to care as much about this as the writers did, then, yeah, I, stick, I, then I, I guess st- that's it. The end. Yeah. See you next correct. time. Correct. Or not. There is some, there's some, there's a reason and it's all very complex and... It is actually. Explained very quickly. Uh, the filmmakers don't really care. It's like, we have to explain this shit, so let's just get it done. Like, look, here's some more guns. <laughs> that's it that's pretty much how it plays out that's enough yeah. I mean watch it actually this film gets a recommendation for me if you want a fun movie it's the epitome you want to feel nothing at all watch this film you can crack open a beer Yeah. you can chat with your mate over it you could mystery science theatre 3000 it and make up crappy dialogue yeah. to go over yeah. the crappy you dialogue can. you can do all of the above and I think it's 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 made for that. It's perfectly enjoyable. It's not a film that you see in the cinema. It's a film that you watch on your sofa when you've had too much to eat or drink. Yeah. I've got a couple of other lines. You hit like a vegetarian. Yeah. It's a good one. Fine. Yeah. It's fine. My favorite bit in that scene, actually, the Arnie and Sly are having a fight um, on purpose. Yeah. 
because you don't have a fight accidentally. And <laughs> Sly has got Arnie down on the ground and he's like, he's crushing him like on his chest. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way that Arnie goes, relax, it's pretend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's quite good. Arnie's got quite a few good lines that really, I really like, really make me laugh. I love his charm, the way he like, I'll draw, give me a pen and paper and I'll draw you a map. And he, Not what he draws, yeah, well, but the look on his face when he goes, no talent. That's it. That's the thing. You're right. What yeah. he draws is kind of funny, but then it's that, it's his look. It's his, again, his charm is oozing in every every scene. and He's just having fun. Yeah. He, like, he's, he really does look like a guy whose weight has been lifted off his shoulders. Yeah. He's just going to breeze through life now. He's happy. A lot of the energy that we saw from uh, his performance in Stay Hungry, actually, is back. You know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Have a lovely day, asshole. <laughs> yeah. um, it's basic, but works. Works. Sly gets the kill, so Arnie gets the line. Yeah. I'd rather it that way around than Sly get the line. Well, you wouldn't hear it, would you? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I liked the bit where... it Actually, probably my favourite scene in the film is where Sly's bringing Arnie into the routine of the prison guards. So as he's explaining the timing of these guards that are walking around the, the sort of the railing above. It's brilliant. It's actually a really good scene. Yeah. yeah. Arnie's uh, like tagging them with nicknames. Yeah, so there's the duck. Uh, there's hives because there's a guy that's scratching all the time. And then there's this one guy. And Arnie goes, Luisa. Luisa? His fat ass reminds me of my first girlfriend. It's great. And I love Sly's responses to it. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. All right, Luisa, nice. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of, he's like, nice. Each each nickname he kind of gives it to Arnie. He's like, yeah, fine. Whatever you want to call it. The him. chicken man. The chicken man, yeah. Yeah, chicken man, yeah, yeah. But my favorite line, because it's one of the most inane lines of dialogue I've ever heard in a film. When Arnie first meets Sly... <laughs> You do you know the line I'm going to say? No, I'm just laughing at your bored face. <laughs> Imagine saying this to another human being. You look like the kind of guy that finds things interesting. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. And that's, again, it's the same as that awful reverse psychology bit. It's like the the, the dialogue that's supposed to expose that Arnie and Sly are, are trying to form a relationship, the, the bits that are supposed to make... The fact that why why are these two guys in amongst all these guys? Why are these two talking? The lines that are supposed to tell us why, they're terrible. They don't even tell us why. They just say, oh, we've got to say something now, don't we, to explain why they're going to, why they're talking together. Maybe, um, maybe uh, Arnie notices that um, Sly finds things interesting. He's like, yeah, yeah. So what would he say? You look like the kind of guy to find things interesting. I am. How did you know? I know things about people. You know, it's okay. just... It's... So wait, now we know that Arnie knows things about people. Oh, it's now excellent. I'm doing it. It's more exposition. It's excellent. Excellent. Yeah, we're, all, we're always all doing it. That's all we're ever doing, man. That's it for me. Great. The, only thing, <laughs> the only other thing I was going to say was we, you, we get a lot of... in this one. And in terms of a kill, to add to the inventive kill list, right. although it's not one that uh, Arnie gets to do, it's Sly... Vinnie Jones's death in yeah, this film brutal. made me actually say "fuck" out loud. <laughs> yeah. You got anything else, or do you want to yeah, move on no, to ranking? There was there was a game I wanted to play on the last stand, and we okay. didn't 
we just didn't do it the way the conversation went. But it's I'm a bit sad that I didn't come up with the idea for this game much earlier on, actually, because we've only got only got a few more films left. But it's what part would you play? None of the major parts, but what part would you play? In the first incarnation of this game, I have a part. It's the guy in the engine room who he gets a... There's a guy in the, There's a Chinese guy in the engine room and he, he picks up the phone and he's like, gets called. So the engine room's like not part of the prison. It's the ship, right? It's running the ship. Mm-hmm. And he gets a call and he's like, he's on his way to you. And he's like, don't worry, I got this. And the guy's like, no, no, wait, wait. He picks up a wrench and he's just, the guy doesn't look anything special. And he's, and he picks up a wrench to like, I'm going to, I'm going to get Sly. He's like, no, no, you're not. It's Sly. And this is a really tense moment. You don't look like anything special. We know you're dead within seconds. That's it. That's the kind of role I'm talking about, right? To illustrate the game. Okay. My first, my first thought was that I would play 50 Cent's character because that's I'm too more big. believable. You see, that's what I'm trying I'm to say. I'm more believable as a tech genius <laughs> no. than he is. All right. No, yeah. so that's fine. No, agreed. Now the I... logic's okay, but, but you've picked a, a role that you're not allowed to pick. So now I understand that. Yeah. I think I, I would be Hives. <laughs> And you can be Louisa. Yeah, I knew you'd put me as Louisa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, it's all of the guards are wearing uh, black masks. That it's kind of like a bit like a black version of the anonymous mask or whatever. It just kind yeah, of it's really cool. You, it's very cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And so that's another thing that adds jeopardy is that you don't know any of the guards. You don't know what they look like, and it's scary. I think in the way that I play hives, it would require. Very minor rewrite because through my acting, yeah. they would have to nickname me Herpes. Yeah, probably. No doubt, you would be you would be itching and squirming in a way that would be more like that. Duck. Okay, duck. And this guy is always scratching. Uh, crotch crickets. Crotch crickets. That's a thing. It's a new thing. Where do you wank this film, as Jonathan Ross would say? <laughs> yes, uh, Mr. Wass. I. I'm going to rank it. I didn't really give it much thought. Huh. Somewhere a bit further on from my top 10, sort of 14, 15, 16, I've got Pumping Iron, Expendables 1 and 2 and 6 Day. I'm going to mm-hmm. put it a below Expendables 1 and 2 and above 6 Day. That sounds reasonable. I've got a much bigger gap between those two. So it's, it's above 6 Day but below Expendables. But uh, I'd say I enjoyed it more than Junior. But despite all of the things that we said were wrong with it, I don't think it's as good as Eraser. Mm. So it's going there, above Junior wow. and below Eraser. That's interesting. You're, but you're putting it below Eraser. I am, that surprises just because me. That really surprises I think me. I enjoy Escape Plan more for what it is, but I think Eraser, when it's good, it's better. I was obviously much more down on Eraser than you. I, I thought it was awful. Again, it's watchable though. They're, I mean, they're really the same kind of film. I agreed. I just Eraser was trying to be more, and Escape Plan wasn't exactly. It wasn't, yeah. and I, I give credit to films that just know what they are. Cool, great. What's up next? Next, we're going to be reviewing Sabotage. Sabotage. Um. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'm. Look, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. That's all yeah. I'll say. Arnie's name in this, as usual. Is an American name. Wait, 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 wait. Let's see if I remember it. All right. John the Breacher Wharton. Well done. <clears throat> Still got it. It's, it's not the, it's just John Breacher Wharton. Like John. Well, I call I call him the Breacher. So. Uh, yeah, well done. Probably because he's the guy that breaches places when they go on ops. 
That's exactly why. So join us for that. Until then, Alex, you look like the kind of person that watches films. Yeah. Nice. How would we end the episode with the worst expository dialogue we could possibly come up with? So we finally made it to the end. I guess that's it. You're right, podcast friend. Fade to black. Facebook. Facebook. Forward slash the Arnithology. Twitter. At the Arnithology. Email. The Arnithology at gmail.com. Website www.arnithology.com Get touch.